Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, motivational speaker, full-time psychology student, mama four, and military spouse. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and real stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, today I'm here with Shayna. Shayna Mahoney is a holistic life coach whose mission is to give women hope to face their anxiety and fears so they can reach their dreams. Anxiety really holds people back. I know, I have anxiety myself. Uh, She has has guided hundreds of women through her unique hope journey. That's trademarked, so nobody steal it. Uh, (laughs) A holistic and personalized coaching experience to find peace and purpose within. She combines her knowledge of nutrition, psychology, human development, coaching techniques, Reiki, and sense of humor and personal experience to transform how the mind and body are fully connected. Man, those sound like all amazing things. Like I'm, I'm reading that and I'm like, yes, I I can get behind all that, especially the psychology portion. Mm. Uh, When she's not coaching, you can find her on Cape Cod with her high school sweetheart, baby boy, and three rescue pets. Cape Cod's not that far from my house. Well, it's a couple hours, but it's still not that far. Yeah, Yeah, I live in Connecticut. Okay, awesome. Yeah, uh, near, I don't know if you know anything about where Connecticut. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. It's New London. It's like the bottom. Um, I know because I was actually looking, there's a winery on Cape Cod or near there that mm-hmm. is on the um, the New England wine trail. So there's, oh. and there's a passport. There's like a book that you can get them all you know, stamped off and then you could turn it in and win something. And so I was looking and I was like, it's about two and a half, three hours. Huh? Maybe a day trip. Yeah, definitely. So Shana, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I would love to have you start sharing a little bit about your journey that you spoke about in your application. Um, You had some struggles um, during a really hard time in your life. And I know some of, I know for sure some of my listeners can relate to that because they've had the same struggles. Um, So could you share a little bit about that with us? Absolutely. Yeah. Where to start? I mean, it, it's been so interesting. I really found what I was looking for in my 20s of my purpose and helping women with anxiety and stress and using all these different holistic remedies. Um, But then, yeah, so much started to happen in my own life again. Like, oh, haven't I gone through some stuff? I have to, like, it's all coming back now to deal with. That's how it is. (laughs) Right? You know, you're like, haven't I gone through enough? (laughs) Yes. I have a little longer break, please. Um, yeah, so, you know, I got married in my mid-20s, and we're like, you know what, we're not going to rush to have kids. We'll just, we'll wait a year, kind of revisit it. We were young, um, and, you know, so that year went by, and I'm like, you know what, I'll just, we'll start seeing what happens, kind of try, you know, we're young, didn't even think about really any health issues, and, you know, nothing happened. A year went by, I'm like, all right, you know, they say it could take six months to a year when you're young. So I was just getting a little curious. I'm like, I eat pretty healthy. At that point, I had gotten off, you know, an antidepressant that I was on. I was off birth control. I was eating so much healthier. I had lost 30 pounds. Like, I was really taking what I thought was good care of myself. Yeah. But that birth control, 
depending yeah. on how long you've been on it. It can right. take a while for you to get back in it. And then some people like they miss one day. <laughs> it's like, boom. Right. Exactly. I'm like, how does that, you hear stories. I wasn't even trying to know, you know? Um, yeah. So we were, you know, starting to think about it. I had mentioned it. I saw a naturopathic doctor and kind of mentioned it to her and she's like, all right, you know, we'll try some herbs for hormonal balance. Just try to get some things situated if there's anything coming up, but nothing really stuck out. I mean, I would ovulate and get my period pretty regular. I mean, it might've been a little bit longer, but there wasn't anything that stuck out to me. Um, but yeah, after a while, it just, nothing was happening. So it started to increase some stress and really start to question what, what's wrong with me? What, what else can I be doing? And just this sadness, this heartache of seeing especially the age I was, so many friends getting pregnant and having babies and um, not realizing how common fertility issues were. I had no right. idea until I started to struggle. Yeah, so, so many insurances don't cover it either, which I think is baffling considering how prevalent it is nowadays. Absolutely. And luckily in Massachusetts, it is covered a lot of it. So that was a big weight lifted off our shoulders once we started to go in for testing and find out some stuff. And yeah, apparently I was diagnosed with mild PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, mm -hmm. and I didn't have the real obvious symptoms of like cystic acne and um, weight gain. I didn't have a lot of that. So it just, it took a couple different doctors and a lot of deep testing to find out that I, yeah, I did have some cysts in my ovaries and ovulating a little later than I should be and just some simple things. So, you know, we, we ended up doing a couple IUIs, the insemination one year in um, 2016, we did it and it failed. And I was like, so you know what, tell, I can't tell yeah. people what I, IUIs are because yes. in case anybody's listening, they're not familiar. Absolutely. So IUI is, you know, it, um, it's different where it's just less intense. So I had to take some medication just to help balance my hormones and help me to ovulate a little bit sooner. And that's when my husband would go do his thing and then give <laughs> the team his sperm. And they would, I mean, you can joke about it. It's kind of like a turkey baster where they're just inseminating it literally in you. They're not taking my eggs out or doing anything like that. They were just putting that in and hoping that the sperm would find the egg a little bit easier. Unfortunately, it, it didn't help. Um, so that I was like, you know, what? I can't do these back to back. They want you, especially in that fertility world. They just want to get you pregnant. They don't really right. care about your emotional, how you're dealing. That's their goal is just at the end of the day, they want you pregnant. And so they were ready to just that next cycle. All right, let's try again. And I, I just, I couldn't, my anxiety was creeping up. Mm -hmm. Um, at that point we were also finding out my grandmother who I was really close with had cancer. Um, so it's just a lot going on at once. Um, and I, so I want to take a step back and kind of look at my health more holistically, get a little bit deeper. And so I really, I did, I just started to incorporate more meditation, even healthier foods, mm -hmm. just focus a lot on even the knowing that I had finally when I found at that point, I didn't know I had PCOS actually. So, you know, that was stressful. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why isn't anything working? So a year later, we tried another IUI once I did find out I had PCOS. And unfortunately, that one didn't work. Um, and so at that point, I was like, nope, I'm still not jumping back in. I need time to decompress and kind of, in a way, grieve. 
And at that point, I'd, I had lost my grandmother. Um, and then my other grandmother had been diagnosed with cancer. So it was just, it was a lot in a short time frame. And then that summer, my two of my uncles in their 50s had both passed away. And so that was my dad's two younger brothers, um, another family friend's 12-year-old had unfortunately committed suicide. It was just back-to-back grief and grief and grief. And just, I felt everything was just so heavy. And it was, I like talk about those, the year of tears. Like I was just crying all the time and so, so sad by all that loss. And then still just wanting a baby so badly and seeing at that point, I had friends who were getting married and had one or two kids in the time that I was trying. And so that would just get devastating. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine what it's like to go through that and seeing everybody getting pregnant and struggling to get pregnant yourself. I have friends who are like, I literally had to like unfollow people on Facebook because not because I wasn't happy for them, but because it was painful for me every time I saw that. Did you have a similar experience? Yeah, I definitely did. I mean, I definitely, I had other friends who were going through fertility struggles too. And unfortunately our friendships didn't last through that because I was trying, I was trying not to focus on the stress and the anxiety, the sadness right. and the anger that also came with it. Cause there'd be times where you're just questioning like, why, why me? What did I do? I'm so, I try to be so healthy and I try um, to be a good person. Why? Yeah, right, why? What's going on? And, but some of the people I was surrounding myself with were in that very negative place with it. Mm. And I, I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be happy for my friends having babies. I, you know, trying to go to baby showers and try not to let it affect me too much. But yeah, I definitely, I took a lot of space for myself. That's like, and I'm an introvert. Me I'm too. A, yeah. Highly sensitive <laughs> introvert. So sometimes there's a lot going on and social media definitely brings a lot of that out. Yeah. I've had to, uh, so I took the Facebook app off my phone. I can do Instagram. It doesn't really bother me because there's not a lot of crap on Instagram, mm-hmm. but I took the Facebook app off my phone. So now I only check it like three to four times a day. So I'll log in, I'll look at the notifications. I might scroll through for like five minutes, then I get off. And my computer's upstairs, so I have to climb the stairs. So there's buffers between me right. and being able to check social media. And it only took a, a couple weeks for me to like not feel like I had to anymore. Um, and so I understand where you're coming from with the negativity, and it's not a, it's not always a positive space to be in. Absolutely. And then on the flip side. You, there's more and more women who are sharing their fertility struggles publicly. I mean, some are right. putting their whole IVF process before they even know they're pregnant out there. I know a girl. Yeah. Yeah. She's um, really do- like documenting on Instagram um, her fertility um, journey. And like she talked about how, she, the, like how many eggs were implanted and all sorts of kind of things where I'm like, wow, like good for you because I think more people need to share like you are too. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, you know, while I was in it, I was like, Hey, you know, maybe I should share, but it, it's that time. It just felt so personal. And then right. when the following year, so, um, five years in, we decided, you know what, let's go for IVF. At that point, we'd already tried everything we could holistically. I mean, I was working with an amazing acupuncturist, taking all the herbs I could. I mean, you name it, I did it. I was doing visualization techniques, Reiki, just 
everything I possibly could eating paleo, you know, trying not to do sugar and gluten and dairy. And I mean, I tried every extreme that I could in my, I definitely saw a notice a difference in my hormones. Like my skin was the best it had ever been. Like I wasn't as bloated, definitely things, but it's still just for some reason I wasn't getting pregnant. So, you know, we luckily live in a state where it was covered. So we decided to move forward with IVF and just try it out. And I mean, I put my all into it. It's like, I am going to do everything in my power to be healthy mindset, feel good physically and just feel strong. And I, I journaled through the entire process. So instead of putting it out publicly, I did just write everything down. And I loved that. I love that I have this journal to look back on. And, you know, fortunately our first round of IVF, we did get pregnant. And that's why you have a baby boy now. We do. Yes. Our six month old boy. So you mentioned some losses during this time. How were you able to cope with that? In addition to all the stress and overwhelm of the process of trying to get pregnant. Yeah. And as I mentioned the, I mean, we were dealing with sickness and death and that was so hard. And at that time, I mean, some of my closest friends I'd been friends with for so long, you realize a lot about your friendships when you're going through the really, really yes. rough, dark stuff. I have a and brand new, or, side note, I have a brand yeah. new friend that I just made because I just moved um, here like two months ago. And she saw, she was witness to both my emotional breakdowns after I moved and we're still friends. So That's I was awesome. like, oh, we're going to be forever <laughs> friends now. Because like you're saying, you know, if somebody can see you, when you're going through something really hard and still support you afterwards and still be your friend, that's a bit. So go ahead. I just wanted to share that little bit that, you know, it's It's so, so true. Yeah. Because when you're younger, your friendships, I mean, you're not really going through, you might be going through some kind of drama or, you know, it's a little bit different than when you get older. There's yeah, there's (laughs) usually more that comes out. And um, yeah. So during that, I also lost some of my closest friends. We just stopped. We just, it, destroyed our friendships, unfortunately, but at the same rate, I was able to take that step back and reflect on who I really, really wanted to be part of my life. And I became very picky with my relationships and the energy. I just didn't want toxic, negative energy around me, especially going into IVF. I wanted that to be as positive and exciting as I could make it. And I had some amazing friendships through that. So, you know, I have my parents close by. My sister is one of my best friends. We're very, very close, but yeah, she lives now in California. So she's 3000 miles away. So of course, and that's the same, that was another thing I was going through that year. She had moved Oh, at the same time. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Months before I went through IVF. So it was just like, oh my goodness, it was so much happening. And I, her moving so far away was very, very difficult yeah. for me. Um, so not having her here, but thank goodness, you know, we have FaceTime and try to stay connected that way. But yeah, I realized I told some close family and friends we were going through IVF because I didn't. I couldn't do it just us two. I was like, I need some more emotional support. And I had known that at that point about myself. So that was huge. And just having friends text me, how are you feeling? How are they going with these shots? Um, what, What are the next steps? And just having them be a part of it. And so then when we all found out I was pregnant, I mean, it was just a huge celebration all around. You had all these people so excited. Yeah. It was really, really special. So... IVF 
isn't just you going through it. It's your husband going through that too. Um, so doubt how two two things, two parts, how did it impact your marriage? How did you guys continue to stay strong together? And how did this impact your husband as an individual? Now, I mean, obviously it's his story. So don't, you don't have to share more than, you know, he'd be comfortable with you sharing, but the guys go through it too. Absolutely. Yeah. He's a very, he went through some really tough stuff growing up. So he kind of just He's goes, resilient. He's super resilient. And sometimes it drives me crazy. Like he's just so not an emotional person. Like we're, we're opposite in pretty much every way. And he doesn't talk about things, you know, so I'm like emotional. I like to talk things out. So, but he's, he's a good listener. <laughs> so I think the first couple years, not knowing what was wrong, going through testing, I think that put more stress on our marriage because I was just, in ways, I was shutting down. I was going through so much that I just, I didn't even know how to always deal with it. I mean, I had my my toolbox, everything that I'm sharing with my right. clients, and thank goodness I had that. Like, if I was still eating junk food and, you know, not knowing I needed to take a step back and breathe and not having those tools, I, I can't even imagine how detrimental it would have been on me to try to recover from all of that. Um, so yeah, he was, once we started that, we made the decision for IVF together at that before that we're like, no, that's really invasive. We're not ready for that. Let's keep trying everything else. And he wasn't on board with it just yet. But then I remember that Christmas and oh my goodness, the Christmas pregnancy announcements. Those were, those were tough. We had a few (sighs) family and friends announce on Christmas and that, and that was our first Christmas without my grandmother. It was just so, I was really sad that year. And I was like, all right, what are we doing? Are we going to keep going with what we're doing or is it time to check into IVF? And he had agreed that it was time to check in IVF because he was, he was sad too. It was, he didn't show it as much, but I've known him a long time and I could tell he was really sad and he's always wanted to be a dad. We've right. always talked about having kids. It wasn't, yeah, yeah. It's like, there was no question when we got married, we both wanted kids. So when it wasn't happening for almost five years, it, it was tough. Um, so we made that decision and I think that really it, at that point it strengthened our marriage because we made that decision together mm-hmm. and we, he had to be there for every appointment and all the testing and he was just such an amazing part of it and helped to, because he's just go with the flow. He had to do all my shots. He was in paramedic school at this time too. And I'm like, I can't do shots give shots to myself like no thing so he made sure to be home at the same time every night when I needed them and do that and just take away any any of the nerves he just really helped to ground me and help me to keep it positive and light yeah you mentioned a couple tools now I mean I know some things are like well that's in my program but I would love to have you share a few things, like a few tools that helped you that maybe somebody listening might say, okay, that's great. And, and also if they're listening, they see these tools work, they might be more inclined to be able to work with you. Um, but I'm sure there, are, I, I know for a fact that we have women who are going through infertility right now who listen to the podcast. We've had a couple different ep- episodes on it. So I'd love for you to share. Yeah, Absolutely. I think, as I mentioned, the journaling was huge. Just being able to write out how I was feeling, what I was doing. It it was just a, a way to kind of let it out of my brain a little bit, not hold on to it so much. 
Um, I did incorporate meditating, even if it was for five minutes in the morning before I, I got meditate. Yeah. I use the Headspace app. It's that's an awesome app. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, just and I would play. I would put on YouTube like um, meditation music or you know something relaxing, and just I would even set a timer. Especially when I first started meditating, I'd be like, you know, what? I'm just going to set the timer for five minutes and breathe. And if I can do that, that's success. That's meditating. You know, it doesn't mean you have to sit there with your eyes closed for 45 minutes. Right. <laughs> There's no way. Mine's no. like 10 minutes tops. <laughs> yeah, and that's awesome. And that's sometimes all we need. And it's perfect to, to start the day. So I had a, a really, I guess that routine was a really big part of, part of it for it me. It is for me too. Yeah. That really took the stress out because I mean, fertility, stress is probably one of the biggest issues. Yeah. And we, we need to be talking about this. Women, we're trying to do so much. And I, you know, I was super ambitious and get going to college and starting businesses and doing a lot of awesome stuff that I love, traveling. But I look back and I'm like, okay, like I wasn't really eating lunch, sitting down. Mm -hmm. I was just hustle, hustle, hustle. You and weren't taking probably, care of you. Yeah, exactly. And so I think if you're going through fertility struggles, you need to take that step back and see what else, what can I release? So like I said, I was letting go of toxic relationships. I was journaling. I was reaching out for support, paid and unpaid. You know, I was going to an acupuncturist who specialized in women's health. Um, and I was going to, I was doing all my holistic stuff while going through IVF. And I contribute that so much to, to it helping to keep my stress levels down and probably helping to have a successful pregnancy um, and health and a very healthy pregnancy. I felt amazing. Um, but I continued with acupuncture, herbs, um, walking, yoga, just doing all of that. So I think it's just finding things that help you to be grounded. We're so much in our head. We need to get out of there. <laughs> That's, that can be a crazy place. So getting into our bodies, any kind of movement, like this morning, I didn't have a ton of time to do a yoga class like I wanted to. My baby didn't nap as long as, you know. Oh, side but, note about yeah. yoga. Have you ever used Gaia.com? No. It is $10 a month or I think $99 a year. And they, you can pick, so if you do it at home, uh, it's at home, um, you can pick the length of time for your yoga mm. and it will pop up all these videos they have for that. I do it every morning for like 15 minutes. Just throwing that out there in case you yeah. want to check it out. I think they have a free trial too. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 Because I'm doing a lot more at home now. Yeah. Um, I'm not getting, I mean, getting to a yoga class is a little harder because they're, you know, by the time you get to the studio, the class is 75 minutes long. You get home. It's like a few hours. Of yeah. I can't, I don't have time. I have four kids. There's not, it's not yeah. going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yoga. So if you can do 15 minutes at home and that's been my goal too. Yeah. And so this morning I didn't have a ton of time, but I still rolled out my mat, did some poses for my low back and it just, it helps to ground me. And you know, I was starting to spiral a little bit, you know, you're like, all right, I got to get this done, this done. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, what, you know what? It all, it always works out. It gets done. Like don't get into that stressful, anxious place. <laughs> right. No, it's, it's so easy to get there. Cause like I, I mentioned to you earlier as my sister's coming to visit this weekend with her whole family um, and I'm really excited about it, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to get my house ready. I have to, you know, make sure I clean it. And my husband's going to be coming home soon because he's been out to sea for a couple weeks. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I got to get all this stuff. And I was like, okay, slow down. Look at your week. 
break it up. So like each day you do a different room instead of trying to do the whole house at once. So I understand the spiral. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And with IVF or any kind of fertility things you're going through, I mean, you can't control it all. And so, you know, I'm someone who is type A, control, planner, but with IVF, it's like, okay, um, all right, yeah, no, now I have to go to this appointment where I had an appointment already with a client. Now I have to reschedule that client because I have to drive to Boston for an hour away for an appointment. Yeah, we just have to reschedule the other day because life gets in the way sometimes and you're just like, oh my God. Why? Why? And it's like being okay with that. You know, I've had to let go of the perfection and just learn to go with the flow. And that's something I'm constantly trying to teach my coaching clients too. It's like, there's so much in life that is out of our control. Yes. Like the other day we had a tornado land yesterday. We had a tornado land on Cape Cod. You guys like, got the wicked storm too? Cause we yes. didn't get a tornado, but the storm was insane yeah so it's like that just throws everything off you know it's like what are you gonna do sit there and still try to get everything done when there's a tornado in your town (laughs) like no you just never know what can happen yeah I'm a I'm a military spouse so I understand the uh not being able to plan and you know things are out of your control but like you said for everybody it's out of there's a lot of things you can't control and I I always say control the controllable and those things that are out of control for you you have to change your mindset around totally because um, it'd be really easy to get in the victim mentality like you were talking about it'd be you could be in that mentality of woe is me mm-hmm. my life sucks why did this happen to me you you know you spoke about how you had some friends that you had to let go of because they couldn't get out of that victim mentality right um so h- how did you break up with these friends <laughs> like, <laughs> people have a hard time no. I always say like I, I, I had to break up with my mom like recently so I was like that's how I that's my verbiage but like mm-hmm. how are you what because a lot of people struggle this area. Like I have a toxic friend. How did you put, make space between you and them? And I mean, these are friends I was friends with for since childhood. So it was tough, like weddings, just so much together, so many memories. Um, But I, I just remember at one point just hearing the negativity and in my own head, I was like, I'm done. I, I've tried, I've given it my all and this just, it's not working for me. Like I was tense around certain friends and I knew if, you know, I wanted to get pregnant, that's not how I I wanted to be. Um, And that's not how I wanted to be around my own child. Like I don't want him, I'm trying to work so hard on my stress and anxiety. I don't want him to see me like that. And yeah, so it kind of, it's almost kind of mutual. (laughs) I mean, in a way. For some reason, they sensed it and they got very mad at me. Like There were times where I was like attacked um, verbally, very mean stuff said that came out of nowhere. But I think they had sensed that I was, I was giving space. I guess that's the biggest thing. Like I just wasn't as trying, as putting in as much effort as I had previously done for the friendships and they weren't, you know. A couple of them were not so happy about it. It was, and yeah, there was um, some mean stuff said. And at that point, it kind of gave me even more permission to be like, yep, nope, this is the right move for me to just kind of keep going. And I have some, I call my soul sisters. 
like these friends that I could go to with anything and just totally be myself, be vulnerable, um, go through. I mean, IVF is a very, very vulnerable thing to go through and to have friends right. who you could just text and say, yep, I was crying, you know, I'm feeling hormonal or whatever's going on and them just be there for you with positive words and encouragement those other friendships that that wasn't happening. And so I think it was kind of giving the space was a huge part of it. Um, and it, it hurts. I mean, it still hurts at times where it felt like, a, you know, a boyfriend. I mean, it's like yeah, years and years. <laughs> yes, yeah. it really is. And so that it, it's hard and it, there's still memories and there's still, I try to reflect on the good, the good times we had. Right. Um, but those, and you know, everyone's like, oh, you guys will be friends again. And I'm like, no, I don't, the changes that I've made over the past few years, and I mean, I'm not trying to be snotty about it, and, but I'm very, very picky with who's in my circle. And that makes sense. I am as well. And when I've had to break up with people, it's rarely does it have to come to a conversation. Usually you just, like you said, start making space. Suddenly when they want to hang out, you have stuff to do and you don't have to lie about it. You could just say I'm busy. You could be busy at home watching game of Thrones. Like (laughs) you're not lying. Like we are all busy. Um, and I, I also just stop reaching out. I stop, you know, like just creating that space between and rarely has it actually come to a conversation. Most people eventually will just start to fall off. Uh, so I understand that, but you've talked about how you have a, you just mentioned how you have a really strong, uh, soul sisters support system. How did you find those people? How did you find your tribe and develop those friendships that could withstand something like this where the other ones couldn't? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So, well, my sister, I remember her saying this to me years ago. She said, you're my real sister and my soul sister. Cute <laughs> my younger sister. And I was like, that's, I'm so, so blessed to have her as my sister where, I mean, it's, it's different with family. I can go to her with anything, vent about my parents. Like it's that's, we have that deeper connection. Um, and then my other friendships, they definitely came later in like in college and in my twenties and they were just like-minded. I guess I've changed so much since I was a teenager too. I, I mean, I have yeah, it's like we're supposed to be changing and growing. And I, I don't, I think the past friendships didn't like that I was changing. I, yeah. I say this, but I had one of those friends um, actually say to me, I miss the fat Shayna. <gasps> oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Because yeah. I would go out and like drink and eat crappy yeah. food and just like, I didn't care if I worked out, you know? Like, yeah. Um, I, was, my, I didn't feel good. My best friend for 13 years. Um, she's seen many, I say, tell people she's seen every iteration of Megan possible. Like, you know, she, uh, we became friends when I was in my early twenties and I've changed a whole bunch since then while other friendships fell off the face of the planet. She just stuck through every iteration and has been there and, and accepts the fact that I may not, I, I not, I may not, I am no longer that person. So I, I understand where you're going with that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it was, it was interesting, but I'm like, you know what, at that point I wasn't feeling good. I had so many, I didn't realize I had these hormonal issues. I had major digestive issues. I was like depressed. I mean that when I look back, I'm like, that's not a great friend. 
No, not at all. I miss fat Shayna. What a brutal comment. Like I can't even like that's so mean. And it's like it. I didn't think about it at the point she said it. I like probably laughed, but I mean that that was years ago, and that is stuck with me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't. I can't imagine. And I agree with you. It's like when you meet somebody you kind of know after a little while that they're like-minded, you know, you, you talk about the same thing. You may not have everything in common and actually you shouldn't because it's fun to have friends who have different interests than you, but like the core things, like the core things that you are about is what they're about. And my friend, uh, the one from for 13 years, she said, you just kind of draw people to you. She's like, you just kind of like, you'll make friends. You'll have no problem making friends because you draw people to you. And I feel like I haven't always been like that. But once I, you know, got used to being myself, I was able to draw those people towards me. Did you find something similar in your relationship? Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would love to go back to the infertility. Mm -hmm. What are some things that, what what are some things and and little nuggets of hope that you'd like to leave women? Because five years is a long time. And some women might be thinking like, I don't know how I'm going to get through five years, Shana. We talked about self-care, but like, what are some other things in, in a support system? But what are some other things that just helped you? Like little nuggets of hope. For these women that are thinking, I don't know if I can make it another year of this. Mm-hmm. It was so interesting because at that point I had already created the hope journey and I was working on hope products and everything was about hope for anxiety. I had no idea how much hope I was going to need. Like that's the biggest thing I think with fertility is you cannot give up hope. And yes, even if you want to be a mom right now, it's the trusting that you will be. Never, ever, ever let go of that. You know, you might not know exactly how it's going to work out. You might eventually need a fertility treatment or, you know, maybe you're considering adoption, but like whatever way it is, you will be a mom. And I just, I had never let go of that. And there was never, yeah, of course I had emotional times and times where I would be angry but at the every night I knew, you know what, I'm going to be a mom. I don't know exactly how the hell it's going to happen right. um, or when. And I think it was letting go of the timeline. I, I just had to kind of, I had to keep faith and I'm not someone I, I don't go to church every week. Um, but I am spiritual and I think yeah. my spirituality deepened intensely through those few years because I had to have a connection to some kind of higher power to trust and have faith and never give up. And I mean, I'll get emotional talking about it, but I think it's having some way to keep faith. So whether it is going to church, going to yoga, meditating, getting out in nature, that's a huge one for me. Like yeah, a mile from the beach, like get those toes in the sand or go for a walk in the woods. Like just trying to connect. And I was really big in the signs. And I know that might sound a little woo-woo, but... No, I, I'm yeah. woo-woo. Okay, I'm good. I love woo-woo. So <laughs> that's another reason I think my friends and I are close. To, like, they, they let me be woo-woo, you know? Right. Like, I'm not crazy. I so, say I'm a hippie at heart. Like, I was yeah. telling somebody, I'm like, I make my own kombucha. And they're like, why are you wearing a bra? I was <laughs> like... I'm right? not that hippie at heart. Like yeah. I've had four kids. These suckers don't stay up the way they <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes, yep. I feel you. Very exactly. well over here. So that was, and when I read back my journal, I was 
writing a lot about signs. So, you know, at that point, I'd lost both my grandmothers. I'd really wanted to have a child and have right. them meet him or her. Um, and that was hard when they, they passed away. But cardinals would constantly fly through my mm. yard and butterflies. And I would get angel numbers. Like I'd be behind a license plate that would say 222. And that in angel numbers means keep the faith. Like I just right. would look for signs no matter what. Or a song would play that would remind me of my grandmother. Um, just they were, and I read my journal and I'm like, oh my God, when I was going through IVF, like I was constantly writing all these signs that would happen. And so those helped me to be like, okay, you know what? It's going to happen. And, and it did. And it, the way that it happened was so beautiful. I found out I was pregnant the day before mother's day. And that was just so special. And I had such a healthy pregnancy. And I think it was related to all the hard work that I did do. So I always would tell myself, you know what, one day I'll understand why it didn't happen right away. And uh, I can wholeheartedly say I, I do know. And I look back now and I'm like, you know what? I'm just in such a better place physically, emotionally, spiritually, friendships, relationships, that it has just made it so much easier to embrace pregnancy and becoming a new mom that I really, like I have a friend who told me, she's like, Shana, you know, for someone who has had anxiety her whole life, she's like, you as a new mom are the least anxious new mom I've ever met. I'm like, really? Wow. Like that's a huge compliment to me because a few years ago, if I did get pregnant easily, great, but I probably would have been very stressed out. Yeah. So you prepped your body and yourself to be pregnant, which is something I think maybe somebody could take away from this is while you're waiting for it to happen, um, to prep yourself. Like I want to be the healthiest mom I can be. Like, how can I get myself ready, but not stress yourself out in the process? Cause it's not going to help. Right. Um, so I, <laughs> I like that you said that and, and you mentioned that you've had anxiety. You mentioned it in your bio, you mentioned it just now. Uh, what are a few things that have helped you with anxiety? Like specific, maybe things you've already talked about, but I have anxiety too. And I don't know if they're the same thing. So maybe you can share. And if I have any different ones, I'll, I'll share them after you're done. Yeah, I think, yeah, I've tried pretty much anything and everything for anxiety. Once I started to learn, oh, okay, I have anxiety that's not normal. Like everyone in my family was on medication for anxiety and depression. So I kind of grew up thinking it was normal. Like, okay, I have to be on medication. The rest of my, and medication's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with that. These conversations, everybody's different. Everybody's journey is different. And it depends on also the severity and what the disorder is, all of the things. So we're good on that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, But I was like, you know what, maybe there's other things I can be doing. So I actually went to nutrition school and that really changed my life. So I, it's, it's how I fuel my body. Yes. So, you know, I notice if I'm adding in too much sugar, too much caffeine, too much gluten, dairy, like if I'm just adding in a lot of that stuff, I start to feel sluggish, I get irritable, the anxiety creeps up. So the number one thing for me is I always can go back to nutrition. So even if I messed up this morning, like, all right, this afternoon, I can eat something that will fuel my body and my mind. Right. Protein, really good fats, just eating for brain really. Mm -hmm. So I combined a lot of the nutrition, psychology, um, all of that. And nutrition's number one, just fueling ourselves. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, it kind of relates to my hope journey. That's really, H stands for heal and health. 
So it has so much to do with getting back to the basics. So not only food, but are we drinking enough water? Right. Are we, cause that has so much to do with I our am. brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, are we sleeping? Okay. I mean, that's another thing. If we're not sleeping well, we're not getting into those deep mm. sleep for long hours. Of course we're going to start getting anxious and stressed out and not feel good. So I always tell my clients, we need to start at the beginning. Let's go back to basics. Like I can right. sit here and talk to you about Reiki and meditating and all like the deeper stuff. But if you're not taking care of yourself from that health standpoint, making sure you're on good quality supplements, those can make a big difference. People don't realize they might just be deficient in something like B12. Quality is, mm -hmm. quality well, is huge. Crap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the buy one, get one free supplements you might want to avoid, <laughs> I always say. Like, yeah, they get expensive, but for me, I've just realized my health is, is a priority. So yeah, I, I value my health so much more than I, I was never taught that growing up. I come from, you know, we ate a lot of junk food. I drank soda and had chips and cookies whenever I wanted, you know, it's fine, but it probably wasn't helping my childhood anxiety. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And people don't realize our foods nowadays are chock full of all sorts of kind of chemicals and chemicals mess with our body and brain function. Like it's, it's not news. Like anybody can know and, and our whole world is full of so many chemicals. So we can, if we can like lower the chemical load, the toxic load, it's really important that we do that. Mm -hmm. Oh, 100%. Uh, so I love that you said, uh, healthy fats. Cause so in my coffee every morning and I, I will drink coffee three weeks out of four and take a week off. Oh, um, nice. it was actually, it was actually, um, the model health show that's just, I listened to all the things I'm mentioning. I'm going to link up in the show notes, inspiredwomenpodcast.com. Um, the model health show, Sean Stevenson, he talks about that because otherwise you become caffeine dependent and you, your tolerance gets lower and lower or higher and higher, no higher and higher. Mm -hmm. So yep. you need more and more caffeine. So if you uh, drink three weeks, he does it where he'll drink five days and then take two days off. I just want to take a whole week off because I'm probably not going to do the two days. Um, so that's what I do. But the healthy fats, I put MCT oil in my nice. coffee every morning. So a few things I wanted to mention when you were talking as you said, sleep, so Sleep Smarter, also by Sean Stevenson, the guy I mentioned in the podcast, is a great resource for anybody who's struggling with uh, sleep. Uh, he has so many, so many good tips and so many things we, you don't think of. And you're like, no way, that affects my sleep? I had no idea. Um, and Labdoor, I think it's labdoor.com. If it's not, I'll find the right one. They actually rate supplements. They rate supplements on the ingredients the quality, um, the efficiency, all of those things. So you can um, visit that and they get more and more uh, varieties of supplements all the time that they're rating. So it can help you figure out, oh, is this a quality supplement or not? Uh, so that's a, also a great a great thing for people to check out. Oh my gosh, I have like a whole list going here with oh. like all these things, Headspace, Gaia, Sleep Smarter, mm -hmm. all the yep. things I'm going to leave. Talk my language. Right? <laughs> Favorite things. So as we wrap up the podcast, Shana, what are something or a collection of things that you'd like to leave the Inspired Women audience with? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's really just hope. So where, however you can find a glimmer of hope in your day-to-day, 
you know, yeah, our days get really busy. They are overwhelming. They're stressful. But if you can just take a few minutes in the morning, a few minutes in the afternoon, evening, whenever you can fit it in, even like set a reminder, right? right. And just do something that makes you feel good, that just gives you a little bit of energy. It's, I think everything has to do with energy. So, you know, who we're surrounding ourselves with, food, everything. Like yes. you're either giving yourself energy or you're taking away energy. Yes, I say that all the time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just being more mindful about that, paying attention to it, like just that's, that's key. When you become aware of how you're treating yourself and who you're surrounding yourself with, everything really can shift. Yeah. And things start to balance out. Yeah, very true. And I want people to really take away a few things that you mentioned. You said definitely need to have hope. And this goes for everybody, not just people who are dealing with infertility here. Mm-hmm. Taking care of yourself, which is something you talked about multiple times on here. Uh, surrounding yourself with the right people, the right support system, and getting rid of those toxic people. You know, setting boundaries. All the things that we talked about so many times on the podcast, and I think people don't see this common thread, but amongst every single podcast episode, there is this common thread of taking care of yourself um, in whatever ways that means. And that means like reducing the things that are making you feel worse, whether physically or mentally, right? So Mm -hmm. physically, I mean, if you're not eating eating right. And we don't need to be perfect here, guys. Like I don't want anybody stressing out like, Oh my gosh, I have that perfect diet. (laughs) No, but taking care of your body physically, taking care of yourself mentally. It's, it's really important. So I'm so happy you came on and shared your journey. Thank, thank you so much, Shana, for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.